Bible this morning, would you turn to the book of Colossians chapter 3? Colossians chapter 3. Uh, while you're turning there, <coughs> excuse me, while you're turning to Colossians chapter 3, uh, uh, this, this, uh, uh, I trust you had a, a good Thanksgiving, right? Uh, and I say that because we did not have church last Sunday morning. We canceled. We, we make that very carefully. It's the absolute last thing that we want to do, but we understand that we do not want to imperil people. We also know that many just simply could not get out. I uh, came here last Sunday afternoon. We were able to get out finally, and then I came here and I found out that the entire uh, western part of Fairgrounds Road had not been plowed as of about five o'clock last Sunday, and so uh, when I saw that, I, I just I realized I thought that was a good call because I almost got stuck almost even with my four-wheel drive pickup. But um, that those things happen. We've only canceled just a few times over the last number of years, and so it's kind of a, a last thing that we want to do. But thank you for that. Well, because of that. I've not seen many of you since Thanksgiving, so I trust you had a wonderful time of Thanksgiving. I had a message prepared for last Sunday, and I'm bringing it here this Sunday. Not because, well, uh, and you say, well, it's thanks, it's it's about thanks, it's about gratitude, but Thanksgiving is over with. Well, it's 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 the end part of a of a series of messages that I have been bringing from Colossians chapters two and three, but it's also it it is a message that uh, that would fit to any any week of the year simply because we are to be people of gratitude. Followers of Jesus Christ are of all people to be the people most grateful because we have been delivered from the power of sin. And, uh, and so we, we, we are people that should uh, not only be grateful but express that as well. So the book of Colossians in the Bible is a Holy Spirit-inspired letter that was written and is written to Christians. It's qualified. It is, it is to people who have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That does not mean that if an unbeliever read Colossians that they wouldn't get something from it, but it is written to people, it is instructions to Christians about how to live now that they are following Jesus Christ. Much of it is addressing how they were to live differently. The people in Colossae, part of the first century Roman Empire, they had this culture around them that was, that was decadent, that culture around them that was broken, that was flawed, that had all of the, the ingredients that our culture has today, and the believers then were to live differently than the people around them, just as followers of Jesus Christ today are to live differently than the culture around us. Our culture says this is acceptable. Our culture says this is how you are to live. Our culture exalts certain things, and yet we are called to live differently. See, followers of Jesus Christ are not, that is not just a title. Christian is not just a title. It's not just a, a word. It, it, is, it is a declaration, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. He has changed me. And because he has changed me, at the deepest part of me, I am going to live differently. Colossians is instructions to believers on how they were to live differently. Earlier in chapter 3, and this is going back some weeks, and again, this is just the next message in this series. 
Earlier in chapter 3, God gave instructions to Christians regarding sex or specifically the misuse of it. Elsewhere in Scripture, it talks and it exalts sexual relations, but it's, again, it's qualified between husbands and wives. And anything beyond that, anything beyond that is immorality. And the Holy Spirit is writing to these believers then and now and saying, these things in regards to sexual matters, we are to live differently than the world around us. So it addresses that. A little bit later, it, it, it gave instructions regarding our things. talks about greed and how it equates it with, with idolatry or making a god of it. The, the, the way that we look at things, the way that we, we perceive the things that we hold for just a time, a long time or a little time, but we hold them for just a time, we look at them differently because we're followers of Jesus Christ. He has saved us. That, that means that he, he did more than just forgive our sins, but he, he changes our perspective on things. Goes on in Colossians chapter 3. Talks about our words, the things that we say, the words that we declare, how we talk about other people. Talks about our words. We're to talk differently because we're followers of Jesus Christ. We treat people differently because we're followers of Jesus Christ. It's more than just a title, yes, I'm a Christian now, but I begin to treat people differently, speak about people, speak to people differently. In the message from two weeks ago, in verses 12 through 14, the Holy Spirit calls then and now Christians to, calls them to compassion. Eight things, if you remember, two weeks ago. Eight things that the Holy Spirit is calling us to. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, tolerance. The word used is bearing with one another or forbearance. It means not to tolerate sin, but to put up with people who are just continuing to grow in the Lord. and Maybe they're not as spiritually mature as you or I are, or we're not as spiritual as it, but, but to, to put up with one another. True tolerance. And then forgiveness. Oh, that's a big one. That we are called to forgiveness. That we are called, that we are commissioned to, because he forgave us, we are to forgive other people. Oh, that's big. And then we're called to love. Over all these things, says love. We're called to these things that, 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 that as a, uh, clear instructions about how we are to live and interact if we are in Jesus Christ. These are not options, but they're instructions. We can't look at Colossians chapter 3 and say, oh, that's really good. That's really a nice record of how things were back in first century you know, Roman Empire, a corner of the Roman Empire. But rather, we are to look at these things not as options, something that I can pick and choose. I'll have two of those, one of those, and none of those. But rather, it is instructions, directives to you and I as followers of Jesus Christ. Now, let me, let me just pause in this. We haven't read Scripture yet, but perhaps this morning some of you are asking God for something. I, I don't know what it is, but... You've come before him and you've said, Lord, will you do this? Lord, will you, will you help me with this? Will you supply this? Will you intervene here? Those are good things. We should. We, the Bible says that we can approach him 
And he is an approachable God. It talks about that in the book of Hebrews. That we can come before him because of what Jesus did on the cross. Thank God for that. We can come and bring our needs to him and our wants to him. But why would God give us what we want if we ignore what he's called us to do? Think about that for a moment. We, we come before God and we say, God, would you do this? But God is saying, here, but I, I'm calling you to this. And, and, and I propose to you that, that if we are walking in his will, doing what he's called us to do, being what he's called us to be, then when we come to him because of relationship, it's going to be different because we're doing what he's called us to do. It's called obedience. So all of that is background. What I've just shared is all background to the three verses that we're going to read this morning. The first one is in Colossians, again, chapter 3, verse 15. It reads this way. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. It's brief. Let me read it again. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. You see that word peace. It's mentioned two times in that, in that verse 15. Peace, so that you understand what we're working with here, the word peace means to bring together. It is to bring harmony. It is to bring wholeness. It is to take brokenness and bring it back together and to make Peace, peace. Now, peace is a word that we use uh, a lot. You know, we 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 talk about peace uh, on a on a diplomatic um, level, uh, on an international scale, when nations war against other nations, or when there's an internal war, we have calls for peace. Um, this is not so much talking about on that level as much as in within the body of believers. Again, this is written to Christians. It's calling for peace. It's also referring to the peace that is within us. The, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. It is an internal thing. Peace, again, means to bring together, to create harmony and to, to create wholeness. I often wonder how many times people pursue peace as is spoken of in verse 15, without understanding that the peace in verse 15 is connected to all of the other things in previous verses leading up to it. In other words, I wonder how many people have a lack of peace because they have ignored God's directions in regards to matters of immorality or matters of greed or matters of the things that we say, or these eight things that, that are spoken of immediately before this. How many times do people say, even declare, I have no peace, or I have a lack of peace within me, failing to understand there is a connection, a direct connection, that the peace of Christ that is spoken here to doing what God calls us to do in the verses leading up to it. Let me put it another way. If we don't follow what God calls us to do, we will not have an internal peace. Simple. It's, but it, it's truth. Uh, 
up until recently, in fact, still just a little bit. I've got another appointment tomorrow, but for about 10 days, I had been experiencing a lot of pain in my neck, right here, just right here, just above the shoulder, right below the right ear, just, it feels like somebody's sticking up poker, hot poker in it, and it's been bothering me, coming back from Thanksgiving, and, and by the time we got back here, it took us nine hours, to, we, we drove m- largely through the night and through the storm because we needed to be here for last Sunday, <laughs> I could have just stayed there, but um, by the time I got back, it was just inflamed, and so it just, it just hurt so bad, and my, my, my wife would rub it and, and try, and, and it, just, it just gave just very, very brief relief, so I went to my friend, Dr. Stan Ryman, chiropractor, and uh, and he said, and I said, man, I got a pain right here. But in so many words, Stan said, the problem isn't so much right here. It's further down in the back. You've got a pinched nerves, a pinched nerve, and it's affecting the muscle. And it's pulling it here. It hurts here because there's a problem back here. And when he said that, I thought, well, you know, it's not so true with so many of the things that we have. We we look we look at some of the challenges that we face, and we fail to put the connection that there's a cause and effect. We have we experience hardship, difficulty, pain in one area, and we think, man, if I can just fix that, if I can just get peace, then everything will be ready. But you know, peace is, I, I think peace is not so much a, 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 an essential as much as it is an effect. The cause is if I follow God, if I trust Him, if I surrender myself to Him, if I do His work and I do His will, and I avoid these things that the Bible says to avoid, then the consequence or the result, the effect will be peace. How many people say, oh, I just need peace, and if I could just get peace in my heart, or peace in my family, or peace in my community, or peace in my mind, then everything will be all right. Well, thank God He is the giver of peace, but it is the result of being obedient to Him. Some of you are right now just saying, man, maybe even in the last week you said, I just have no peace about something. Well, listen, the peace of Christ can rule in your heart, but only if your heart is surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll never have the peace of Christ if you don't have the presence of Christ within you. So stop trying to just address the problem here, the pain here, and deal with the deeper issues. Bring it together. Heal, bring wholeness. This peace of Christ, you notice in this verse here, it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. You know, the first time, for a long time, I looked at that verse and I thought, when you think of rule, you think of like reigning and ruling, um, being in charge, being the ruler or like the king, let the, the peace, that's not what it means. That's not what it means. Rather, the word that is used here for rule The Greek word that is used means to act as an umpire or to arbitrate. Uh, It means to make an authoritative judgment. So like uh, a a referee in some kind of sporting match will, will see this and that referee will make a ruling. They will make a statement, this is right or this is wrong. When it says here, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, It means that when we are walking with Christ, when we are surrendered to Christ, when we are doing His will, and we come up to something and we don't know exactly what to do, then under those circumstances, 
the peace of Christ can make a ruling. In, have you ever been at, at, at a crossroads? Uh, you, you come up, and, and it's not, I mean, there are some things we just don't need to ask God about because the Bible says it's wrong. You don't, you don't, you don't need to ask, you know, God, is this your will? It's not his will. The Bible says it's contrary to that. But you come up to something, maybe there's a decision to make or there is a, uh, a direction to go and you don't know. But you have a peace about something from God. You don't have all the answers. You, 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 you don't even have all the questions. But, but you, you have a peace about something or the other way looks pretty good too and it's reasonable and it's sensible but you don't have a peace about that. That's what this is talking about. Let the peace of Christ, if you're walking with Christ, let the peace of Christ, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Make that decision. Some of you are right now at a crossroads, and you have a peace about something. You don't have all the answers, but you have a peace about it. If you're walking with Christ, then let the peace of God make that decision. Now, again, be very careful with that because it has to be him rather than us. We can, we can, we can get it wrong but that peace of Christ is, is valuable. And then the words thanks or gratitude are recorded three times in just three verses. Maybe you never notice this, but I, I notice the repeating of, of words in Scripture. The word thanks or gratitude are recorded three times in just three verses. The first is at the end of verse 15 where it says this, and be thankful. Three-word statement, very simple, very direct, very clear. And be thankful. It's one of the shortest directives in all of Scripture. I think the shortest is when Jesus said go. But this one's pretty short too. And be thankful. It's a directive. Again, a directive. Not a suggestion, but a command. And be thankful. It doesn't say, and consider being thankful or think about being thankful. It says, and be thankful. We are to be people, written to Christians, we are to be people who are to be thankful. And it's unqualified. Please notice that as well. It doesn't say, and be thankful if you have enough of something. It doesn't say, and be thankful if you feel good about something. It does not say, and be thankful if you are with the people that you like and away from the people you don't like. It's unqualified. It just, three words, and be thankful. No qualifications with it. Let me tell you something. If we are thankful only when we like what we hold, or love who we're with, or enjoy how we feel, we will not be thankful people. If it's all dependent upon, if, if my gratitude to God if my gratitude is dependent upon the circumstances in my life right now, then I will not be a thankful person and neither will you. I, I have learned something. I don't know when I came to this realization, um, and, and pardon me if this sounds maybe just a little bit fatalistic or, or uh, uh, maybe a little bit negative, but, but you know, life is hard. How many know that? And here's the thing. It's going to be hard from now until the time that you see Jesus face to face. It's going to be hard. There's never going to be a point in your life when you have it all together. Never. Something's always going to be going south. Always. 
You can think, man, if I can just get this, if I can get, just get enough money to pay this and have a little bit extra, then everything's going to... No, you, you may get there, but there's going to be something else that's going to go bad. You're going, man, that's just, whoo, hallelujah, makes me excited. No, that's just reality. So if we're waiting for everything in my life to align and everything to be perfect for me to be thankful, then you'll never be thankful. It says, and be thankful, unqualified. Another place in the Bible, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, Christians, again, directed to them, Christians are to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We are to be thankful people <coughs> in all circumstances. This is God's will for you who are in Christ Jesus, in everything. You see, it's not, it's not based upon my environment. It's based upon something that's happened within me. I can be grateful when everything in my life is really going bad. Now, it's going to be challenging to start counting your blessings, but I know this from experience. I know this from experience. Please know this. I know it from experience. When so many things are going bad, I just have to stop and say, oh, but God, thank you for this, and thank you for this, and thank you for this. Well, this I don't like, but thank you for this. And something begins to happen within us. If you are in Jesus Christ, the level of your gratitude to God will change how you live. Let me say that again. If you are in Christ, it's qualified, you have to be a follower of Christ, but if you're in him, the level of your gratitude to God will change how you live. It will determine, the level of your thanks will determine much of what God has for you. Earlier in the Bible, all the way back in the early part of the Old Testament, in the books of Exodus and Deuteronomy in the Bible, it records how many of God's people, these were people, uh, the people of God, the people of Israel, the Jewish people who'd been in slavery for a very long time in Egypt were now delivered from, from slavery. It records how many of God's people who had been set free from all of those, those decades and really centuries of, of slavery Many of them never saw the promised land because they lacked gratitude. That's a fact. I, I won't take the time to show you, but, but just trust me in this. Because they were not thankful people, the Bible says that many of them, them at a certain age and above did not see the promised land because the Bible says they were given to grumbling. That's another word for being that's another word for ingratitude or a lack of thankfulness. They grumbled. God gave them something, they grumbled about it. God led them someplace, they grumbled about it. God said, look what I've done for you, and they grumbled about it. God says, we've got great things ahead, and they grumbled about it. And because of that, they stayed in the wilderness. Now, that's just not just a matter of record. In the books of Exodus and Deuteronomy, it, 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 it's also a truth for today. People back then who were set free but were still unfulfilled. We today, 2019, almost 2020, people today, followers of Jesus Christ today can be saved by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, can be set free from sin. Our eternal destination 
rerouted, glory to God, from hell to heaven, yet still fail to receive all that God has for us if we are not people who give thanks to God for who he is and for what he has done. So I challenge you this morning, be a person who takes this very seriously and be thankful. May we not, may we not let a lack of gratitude to God keep us from experiencing everything that he has for us. I I don't want you just to be set free and delivered from sin. I want you to experience everything that God has for you. A lot of it is due to, it's, it's, it's connected again, right? Cause and effect, right? It's connected to our thanks to God. Second time, I said there are three times. The second time that thanks is mentioned in these few verses is in verse 16 where it reads this way. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude, please notice that, with gratitude in your hearts to God. That word gratitude says with grat- that word gratitude is just another word for thanks. We, we're grateful. We give thanks to God. Um, it, it mentions here, the, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The, 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 the power of God's word dwell in us richly, and we teach each other and we admonish or we correct each other with all wisdom. And then it says, as we sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in our hearts to God. If you're new to AFA, um, over the last weeks or months, maybe even years, um, you need to know that we have successfully avoided wor- what, what, what are sometimes called worship wars in our church. We've successfully avoided those. A worship war is when somebody says, it's this style of music that is paramount, and, and we're going to sing this style of music and that's because that's what really I really like and I really connect to, and it's better than this style of music. That's a very dangerous thing because we're a multi-generational church. We have a lot of different experiences, so it's, but we've, we've, we've successfully avoided what we call worship wars. There have been a few skirmishes here and then, but we've successfully avoided the wars. That's a good thing, and I want to thank you for that. Thank you for that. Oh, it's just, thank you so much. I've seen churches um, who, who, have, who have really come to blows with this kind of a thing. So I'm thankful to God that we have not gone there. But it's interesting, isn't it, how some people become overly concerned about the style of music sung, yet overlook the gratitude that is to be expressed when we sing. Interesting, isn't it? We, 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 we focus on the style. Oh, that's that style that, is, that is really resonates with me and yet sometimes overlook the gratitude that regardless of the style of music, the gratitude that it is to be sung with. That when we sing, that when we praise, that when we declare, that when we lift our voices in whatever kind of song it might be to him, that with it we have hearts that are grateful to him for all that he has done says that we, we miss that with gratitude in our hearts. Listen, <clears throat> I have found that without gratitude to God, the, the songs that we, when we come together, with, 
without gratitude to God, the songs that we sing, regardless of style, will just be songs that we sing. We can look up here, and if, if our hearts are not right, we can be looking up at that song and we can go, eh, yeah, if we even get this far, you know, and we can just be, oh, they're just words on the screen. But if God has changed us, we have been saved, we've experienced salvation, we are truly a follower of Jesus Christ, then all of a sudden when the words come up on the screen and we start singing it with hearts of gratitude, something wells up within us and we're going, glory to God. Any song, any song will quickly become tedious and laborious It'll even become annoying if it is not sung with gratitude in our hearts to God. I've known people who have sung songs that they've known for a long time, but without hearts that are right, and it just becomes another song. But, but, if we sing with grateful hearts, even a Gregorian chant can be a declaration of praise. Some of you are thinking, what's a Gregorian chant? Gregorian chant is, is uh, uh, monks would sing this, and it, it only goes one note up or down on a scale. It's, it's, it's like the most, it is the, it is the vanilla ice cream of, of Christian songs. Some of you are going, what's wrong with vanilla? I know, it's just, I mean, musically to me, a Gregorian chant is mind-numbing. I know this because I broke, into a, I broke into a monastery. Well, I didn't really break in. They said you weren't supposed to go in there. But I wanted to meet a monk, and how do you meet a monk without going to a monastery, right? So I broke into a monastery. A few people have broken out. I've broken into one. And, and I remember sitting in this chapel and hearing them sing Gregorian chants, but when I listened to the words, all of a sudden something welled up with me, and I went, glory to God. Why? Because it's not the music as much as the heart behind the music. Doesn't matter so much the style. What matters is that we sing it with hearts that are grateful to Him for all that He has done. Just this morning, just this morning, just a few minutes ago, in the song we, we sang, uh, We Will Worship, we sang these words Blessing and honor, glory, and power be to our God forever and ever. Worship and praises to you, for your name is exalted over all the heavens and the earth. I'll tell you what, if you sang that with hearts that were grateful, when you got there, you're going, glory to God, I'm going to worship him. And the song Waymaker, that's a new song. I like it. I like it because of what it declares. In the song Waymaker, we thanked him for being the Waymaker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, and the light in the darkness. Don't raise your hands, but how many of you, when you sang that and you've experienced him making a way, or you've experienced him bringing light in the darkness, or you've experienced his delivering power, you've experienced his healing power, when you sang that, something in you just went glory to God. Because you declared it. Why? Because it's, it's, it's a heart issue. In the song, 10,000 Reasons, <coughs> we sang, you're rich in love and you're slow to anger. <laughs> you better be thankful that he's slow to anger. Because you know what? Some of us here would be crispy critters if we, he was not slow to anger. 
Am I right? He is rich in love and he's slow to anger. Your name is great and your heart is kind. For all your goodness I will keep on singing 10,000 reasons for my heart to find. And then we sang this. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the price you paid. You bore all of my sin and my shame. In love you came and you gave me amazing grace. I'll tell you what, if you sing that and something doesn't rise up within you, if that doesn't, if that doesn't ring your bell, then your dinger is busted. I mean, there's something seriously wrong. When we talk about what God has done on the cross, what God has done in our lives, that's why we praise. I'm not a Hebrew or Greek scholar, but I know that there are in the Old Testament, I think, seven different words that are translated praise. Seven different Hebrew words in the Old Testament that are translated into the English word praise. But if you were to go into every one of those and look at in every one of those definitions of those Hebrew words, you'll see the word thanks. Thank God for this. It, it is a pra praise is thanking him a different word, thanking him for this, thanking him for that, thanking him for his power, thanking him for his deliverance, thanking him for his provision. Praise is thanks. It's not just a song. It's not just a style of song. It's not just something that is sung at certain times of the week. But when we praise him with gratitudes in our hearts to God, and God does a work within us. And we're called to this. One more time in these few verses where it speaks of giving thanks. It's in verse 17, the next verse, and it reads this way. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, comma, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I can't help but notice that in three times, in three verses, the prevalence of the word thanks or gratitude. Again, in whatever you do, whether it's in word or deed, this is how we live. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, if you are a Christian, then in whatever we do, whether in the, the things that we say or the things that we do, and that pretty much wraps all of it up, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's life. Everything is to change. The before and after picture, we saw this lived out a few weeks ago in, in, in water baptism. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, 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 a person declaring, this was my life before, this is my life now. There's a, there's a change that happened. I accepted. I asked Jesus into my heart. And my life is different. Not just my title, not just my eternal destination, but the way that I live. Whatever I do, in my words or in my deeds, I do it as unto him because I'm in him. So the class that you attend, 
the way that you interact in that class, it's because of Him. The job that you have. Good job, bad job, somewhere in between. But you do it as unto Him. Because you are His. The people that are around you, that are around you, the, the people that you just love to be around, the people that grate on you, the people that annoy you, the people that wear on you. We're going to live with them differently because Jesus is in my life. I'm going to do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to give thanks to God, the Father, through Him. So whatever we do, whatever we say, we do it with hearts that are grateful. Do you, do you, do you see why, do you see why I, I can't wait? I can't, I can't hold this off for another 51 weeks until next Thanksgiving. This is for every one of us, for every moment. Of our, we are to be people who are to operate and to give thanks in all that he has done. I've shared this before. Um, I, uh, I frequently will just, in my, my walk with Christ, I'll, I'll, I'll pause and think about where my life would, how my life would be different if Jesus were not in it. If I would not have surrendered my life to him many years ago, and, and since then surrendered again and again, not, not fell away from Christ, but it's a daily thing, giving your life, surrendering yourself to him. Um, how, how would I be different? I, I, I think of how, I think of how if, if I hadn't have come to him, I would not have been experience that healing, physical healing power. Would I, would I even be alive? I doubt it. If it weren't for him and the work that he did in my mind, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't function the way that I do if I would be functioning at all now. The way that I interact with people, were not for God's grace in my life, the way that I, I view other people. It, it would be so different were it not for the presence of Christ. I, I, if it weren't for Jesus, I wouldn't have met my wife. If I would have met her, she wouldn't have had anything to do with me. Rightfully so. I, I wouldn't have had the family. Oh, oh I, I, I tell you, it doesn't matter how, how bad it's going. I, I start thinking of where I would be if I didn't know Jesus. And what comes from that? Thank you, God. I mean, it may be, there may be pain. There may be hardship of something that we go through. There may be some kind of difficulty or stress or conflict. But even in those places, we can say, oh, but God, you saved me. But God, this is not my lot forever. Someday I'm going to be with you in this body that is broken and hurting. You can heal it now, Lord, and I, I continue to pray for that. But someday I'm going to get a new body. Lord, the, the hardship, the, the loss, that loved one that I buried weeks, months, or years ago, you still feel the pain, but someday, glory to God, with gratitude, I'm going to see that person again because they died in Christ and I too am in Christ. Hallelujah. I'm grateful. 
I don't have a lot of something right now. In fact, I've got more lack of something than I have a supply of something. But oh God, you're going to make a way. You're the way maker. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I know who. Hallelujah, I can give thanks. Of all people. If you don't have Jesus Christ in your life, you can't be grateful, not truly grateful. But if you gave your heart to Jesus, oh, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In just a moment, in just a moment, I'm going to have you stand. Don't stand yet. But I would like you to do this. Would you bow your heads with me across this room? I, I began this message talking about how this was written to people who are followers of Jesus Christ. And throughout this message, I've been talking about how it is qualified. It is directed to us. It is for us. It's in Him that we cannot be grateful if we don't have. Perhaps this morning, you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life. You say, well, how does that happen? Well, it doesn't happen by joining a church. It's not a bad thing, but that just doesn't do it. It doesn't even happen by attending a church. That too is a good thing, but that's not how we're saved. We're set free, spiritually delivered. Our eternal destination changed from hell to heaven because of what Jesus did on the cross. And all he requires us to do or asks us to do is to accept that free gift of salvation. That happens simply by saying, Lord, I need you. I give my life to you. See, he will not force himself upon you. He did all the work. He came down to earth. He lived as a man. He died on that cross. He rose from the dead. But you must accept that. Understand that Jesus died for you. So before we go any further, before we close our time standing and thanking God again, would you... Uh, if that's you and you've not accepted Christ, would you just lift up your eyes and lift up your ha a hand, just one hand, and, 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 and then wait for me and I'll, I'll acknowledge you. We'll, we'll make eye contact and, and I want to pray with you. I won't embarrass you, but I want to pray with you. Is there anyone here that would just do that? I'm looking on the main level here. Thank you. Is there anyone else? In, in the balcony across the balcony. Thank you, right there. Someone else? I won't, I, won't, I won't prolong this. Somebody in the balcony, someone here on the main level. Is there anyone else you can pray with? Oh, glory to God. Would you do this with me, please? With your head still bowed, I would like you along and maybe you prayed this a prayer similar to this a long time ago, but maybe today uh, two persons raised their hands and, and maybe you're praying this for the very first time. Um, would you, not only those who raise their hand, but th those around, would, would you pray this prayer with me uh, audibly? Not, it doesn't have to be loud. Let's pray this. And, and if you believe it, if you raised your hand and, and you believe this, then God is going to begin an amazing work in you. And in just a moment, your life is going to be transformed. Are you ready? Let's pray this. Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me.
I thank you for being raised from the dead for me. Through the cross, I am forgiven. Through your resurrection, I have eternal life. Today, I surrender my life to you. Only you can fix me. Become my Lord and Savior. Help me to follow you the rest of my life. Today, I am a Christian. Not just a title, a declaration. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, if you prayed that prayer for the first time and you meant it, today you are a follower of Jesus Christ. You say, is that simple? Yeah. He did all the work. Glory to God. But now, he calls us, as we see in Colossians, he calls us to live differently. And, and, and that doesn't happen all immediately. I mean, it's, it's a process. Some of us, I've been, I've been in, in this relationship with Christ for over 40 years, and I'm continuing to grow in Him, continuing to, to become more like Him, and continuing to walk in His ways. Okay, I'm not going to walk in those ways. So it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a lifetime commitment, not just a one-time decision. Would you stand with me, everyone across this sanctuary, if you can, please? I want to pray with you. <clears throat> Here's how I want to close. We're almost done here. Um, I would like you to, uh, um, the Bible says we are to lift up holy hands in, in, in praise. It is a, a sign of, of surrender, but also it's a sign of receiving something. And I want to ask God's blessing on you. So, so just as, a, as a, a physical gesture of receiving a blessing, I, 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 would you just put your hands out if you can? And I want to pray over you. Lord, I thank you for these people. I thank you that they are here today and they're not here by mistake. Somebody invited them, somebody brought them, heard about it, but they're here. So today, Lord, I ask your blessing. I pray that every person with hands outstretched, every person who has surrendered their life to you will be a person of gratitude, that they will live their lives with hearts that are grateful for all that you've done. And Lord, also I pray this, help us when... <clears throat> The enemy <laughs> tries to tempt us and, 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 and cause us to be a, a lacking in, in gratitude. May, may something well up within us so that we just turn to you and say, Lord, I choose to be grateful. I choose to be thankful. I'm going to follow your word. I, I want to be a, a thankful man, a, a grateful woman, a, a, a person of praise, true praise. Praise is not simply a style of song. Praise is a, is a declaration of Thanks to our God who set us free. So I pray that we will be the most grateful people. That people around us, I pray this, the people around us will be astonished at how we can be thankful even in the midst of some of the hardest circumstances. How we can be people of praise even with great difficulty. Lord, we pray this. I pray that we will change the world around us in large part because of the hearts that they see within us. Your blessing upon my brothers and my sisters. I thank you for them. Lord, may we go in the power of your presence, the power of your word, power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you in Jesus' name.
Amen. God bless you richly this morning. Again, these altars are always open. If you want to come down, spend some more time in prayer, God bless you.